able to this morning, let's stand out of respect for the Word of God. 1 John chapter number 4. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place, isn't it? 1 John chapter number 4 this morning, and I've entitled the message, we, we set aside this day really as a culmination of this entire month on this matter of love works. There's a lot of things in life that uh, I, I can't, I'm not the sharpest and smartest person in the world. A lot of times I look at things and I, I don't know if you're like me, I, I look at something and I think, now how does that work? Like I, I know this, that uh, I walk over and I flip a switch and the lights come on. Now, I kind of have an idea, but I really can't explain how all that works. Some of you are better with things like that. I just know that when I flip that switch, as long as the bill's been paid, the lights come on. Uh, I, I look at a lot of things, and I think to myself, boy, I wish I knew how that worked. I like to watch, there's some shows where they, they, they build certain things, and I love to watch that because it, it kind of goes behind the scenes to show me how that actually works. And a lot of times when I look at people and I look at situations and I look at life and I, I, I think about God and I think about love, I'm not talking man's kind of love, I'm talking about God's love. I can't really explain it, I just know it works. You know, and that's what you and I need to understand is, is that love works. It does. And I can't think of a greater person in the Word of God to come to than the man known as John the Beloved. I think he knew a little bit about love. He was the one that when Peter was shooting his mouth off, where was John? He was leaning on the Lord. He was one that was known for his love of God. I love the term of endearment for Christians in the Bible. It's the word beloved, sweet word. We don't use that word a lot of times. But I know this, that if God has worked in your heart the way he has in mine, that it's evident that love does work. And I want you to see as John writes here in chapter 4, beginning in verse number 7, and he begins with that word, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. By the way, that's the second time that he said that in two verses. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected. What's those last two words? In us. His love is perfected in us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your love for us. 
who are sinners saved by the grace of God. Thank you for loving us while we were yet sinners. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts this morning. Thank you for your love. And may we be as you are, Lord. May we love others as Christ loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, you hear the word love, and it's one of those words that, depending on who it is, the word love can make your heart begin to flutter uncontrollably. The world seems obsessed with love. They sing about love. They, they begin to write about it. They, they even watch love as it's acted out. Psychiatrists will say in their studies that what they have found is that three of the greatest needs of human beings, look at it there, are the need to be wanted. Everybody needs has this need to be wanted, the need to be needed, and the need to be loved. Now, out of those three, we talk often about love, yet the truth is we know so very little about it. And this morning, as we think about love works, it brings us to what I like to call God's love letter to us, the Bible. How many of you are glad that you have a copy of God's Word? Isn't it wonderful to have the Word of God? to have the freedom to have a Bible, to read the Word of God. Every time you open the Bible and the pages of the Word of God, you might not see the word love, but many times I'm reading and I think to myself, you know, God loves us. God loves me. And I'm I'm so encouraged as I think about God's love letter to me. There's nothing in this world like the love of God. It's the most overwhelming thing that I've ever encountered in my life is that Jesus loves me. This I know. Why? For the Bible tells me so. You study the Word of God, you find even in this small book this morning that it's a book of great love. In the book of 1 John, the the word love is mentioned 46 times in 135 verses. And somebody put it this way, in the book of 1 John, we see a great God with a great love for great sinners. That's what you and I are. And God so loved us. And that's what I want you to see this morning as we think about love working. Notice, first of all, that love described works. Love described works. Look at some of the ways that we see even in the verses we read this morning about the love of God for us. Notice, first of all, that God's love is unspeakable. It's hard to understand the love of God, to put it into words. But if you've ever experienced God's love, boy, it doesn't take you long to sit around and tell somebody how much God loves you. I love to tell people how God loved me. Uh, I, I read the Word of God. I find great passages like Paul writing to those in Rome and The Bible says there, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, he says, look, there is nothing that is going to separate me from how much God loves me. You see, for many of us, it is hard sometimes to even speak about God's love because it's hard to put into human words how much God loves us. His love is unspeakable. Notice, His love is unending. The love of God 
is eternal. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what kind of life? Everlasting. God's love is eternal. Jeremiah said, the Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. God's love for us is unspeakable, it's unending. Notice his love for us is unselfish. Many times you see the selfishness when it comes to man. But one of the things that impresses me and really speaks volumes to me about God's love for me is that God gives his love to me, but he asks nothing in return. There's no strings attached to God's love for us. The Bible says here in John chapter 15, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. I think we all know who that's talking about. We all know what Jesus did for us, that no one took his life from him. He laid down of his own volition and gave his life for us. You know why? Because he loves us. God's love for us is unselfish. Notice his love, fourthly, is something that is unmerited. We cannot earn the love of God. We do not deserve the love of God. You know why? Because it's based on the grace of God. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Jesus, when he was on this earth, he began to think about people that were perishing. And of course, the great city of God, Jerusalem, and Jesus at one time in Matthew 23 said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen gathereth their chickens under her wings, and ye would not. See, we find here that his love is one that is unmerited. There is nothing that you and I can do or have done to merit the love of God in our lives. It is unmerited. But notice also I see his love for us is unconditional. I love the fact that God's love is not based on us. God's love is based on his heart for us. That One of the verses early in my Christian life that I just couldn't get over was the Bible says, but God commended his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Folks, just let that settle in this morning. Especially if you're here and you do not know Christ as your Savior. That the Bible says that in our sin, he didn't say, hey, look, when you get your act together, when you get your life cleaned up, when everything is in order, then I will come to you. Then I will be your Savior. No, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners. And I love to think about the love of God. You see, I see if, there were, if you were going to open up something and look for a description of the love of God, John writes it here, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. See, I not only see that love described works, but notice, secondly, love demonstrated works. Because look again at verse number 10. 
He loved us so much that he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now that word propitiation is a good Bible word. If I was going to give you a simple definition to help you understand that, it means that Jesus, who was God in the flesh, satisfied the just demands of a holy God. He was the satisfaction of God. You see, only could a perfect lamb atone for the sins of this world. See, all those animals in the Old Testament, it was not by the blood of bulls and goats, but it was by the precious blood of Jesus that you and I can be saved, that we can be washed from our sins. See, God's love is never fully understand until it can be seen. And the best way that it is seen is by the sea, what Jesus did when he hung on the cross of Calvary. God's own son, you know what he did? He took our place, did he not? Jesus, all of us deserve the death that Jesus died. Look at the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, He, God, hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. Now think about this. Jesus was perfect. He was impeccable. There was no sin in him, but yet our sin was put on him. And the Bible says he was made sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him, somebody said it's natural to love them that love us, but it's supernatural to love them that hate us. There were many that hated Jesus, and by the way, there are many still today that want to be a sworn enemy of Jesus. But guess what? He died on the cross. And when Jesus died on the cross, he opened the way for anyone that would come to God, any sinner. The Bible says, as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. John writing the book of Revelation, notice he writes in chapter 1, in verse 5, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own what? In his own blood. Notice what Thomas Kempis said, whoever loves much, does much. You know, I can't think of a greater love than the love that God had the songwriter said, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. You see, I find as we think about love and God's love, I see love described works. I see love demonstrated works. But notice this morning as we think about love working, that that love of God needs to flow out of our lives. Notice thirdly that love displayed works. Go to verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, now look at the words, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. Now, folks, that ought to excite you right there, thinking about how that it is through us that God wants 
His love to be displayed to this world we live in. Look, God has saved you and God wants His love to flow through you. And if it is visible, notice it, it is something that you and I possess. God's love is displayed through our lives. Look, we see that in the Word of God. There's many great examples. How about in the Old Testament, the man named Joseph? Joseph chose forgiving love. This was something that Joseph came into his life. He was a young man that had brothers that was lied about, that was cast into prison, that many things happened into his life. But if you go to the end of his life, the Bible says in Genesis 45, 8, look at his words, so now. It was not you. He's talking to his brothers. You know, those ones that he didn't get along with, the ones that hated him, the ones that envied him, the ones that lied about him. The Bible says that he says to them, it was not you that sent me hither, but God. He says, look, I I know you meant it unto evil, but God meant it for good. He says to his brothers, he says, he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all of his house, ruler throughout the land of Egypt. And I see the exact same forgiving love of God towards us that Joseph had for his brothers. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, look at it, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And here's the example, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You know, Joseph found a way to forgive, did he not? And the question in your heart today is, do you have God's love? Because if God's love is evident in your life, it'll be displayed in the fact that you, like Joseph, will be able to forgive others. You see, Joseph had a forgiving love. But here's another great example in the Bible, Hosea. I mentioned him a while back. We, we were talking this morning. Hosea chose a redeeming love. What a beautiful picture in the Bible, how that his wife had been unfaithful and The Bible says in Hosea, look in your notes there, chapter 3 and verse 2. The Bible says, so I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver and an omer of barley and a half omer of barley. And I said unto her, thou shalt abide with me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot and thou shalt not be for another man. So will I also be for thee. What a beautiful picture here of this matter of redeeming love, how that his wife had given herself to others, that she had not been faithful to him. And yet the Bible tells us as we study the word of God, listen, you and I who were sold into sin, you and I that were slaves to a life of sin, that God, listen, when he got us, he didn't get much. But you know what he did? He did for us the same thing that Hosea did for Gomer. He redeemed us. He bought us back. Look what the Bible says in Titus 2.14. Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. You know what Hosea did? Hosea displayed his love for his wife, and God displayed his love for you and I. What about you and I? Can we also display our love for other people. You see, I see that Joseph had a love to forgive, and I see that Hosea had a love to redeem, but I also see in David's life that the Lord God chose to use a healing love. You know, many times we get hurt in life, and I see that David many times as he writes under the inspiration in the book of Psalms, 
how David acknowledges in his heart that there's a sin issue, that he is sick because of something that is happening in his life. And look what the Bible says in Psalm 103. He writes, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Whatever is going on in your life, and I'll tell you, you know what the big problem with the world today is? It's nothing new. It's called S-I-N. It's been the problem since the garden. And when Jesus was on this earth and he walked among men, he was God in the flesh. Time and time again, he dealt with people that had diseases, sickness. And I see one of those passages in Mark chapter 2 and verse 10. The Bible says, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed, go thy way into thine house. What was he doing? He was displaying God's love by healing those that were sick. And I think about a church, what is a church? It is a hospital for the sin sick. Every one of us, because of our sin nature, because we are human, because of our Adamic nature, as the Word of God speaks about, every one of us are dealing with things in our lives. And can I tell you, there is still a great physician that can heal you. And many times, how many of us have been to the doctor and been frustrated because there's something going wrong in our bodies and the doctors can't seem to figure out what it is. But there's never been a problem that we've had that the Lord doesn't know what it is. Whatever's going on in your life today, Jesus knows all about it. And understand this morning that He wants to heal you of that. See, when I think about the love of God, the Bible again says in verse number 11 that we ought to love one another. It says, if we love one another, verse number 12, God dwelleth in us and His love is perfected in us. Now think about this. It's because it's God's love and not our love. See, our love would never be perfected. So when I think about our love, I want to give you a couple thoughts as we close this morning. Because when God's love is present in the life of a believer, I think that there are ways that it will be visible. Notice a couple ways that God's love should be visible in your life and mine. Here's the first one. There should be a love for the Savior. Let me say that again. You should love the Lord. There's nothing wrong with saying, I love Jesus. You know, listen, He means so much to me. And every one of us should have a love. And listen, not a secret love. A love for the Savior that is displayed. The Bible says here in John 14, If ye love me, keep my commandments. In other words, display your love for Him in the way that you live out your life as a Christian. See, one way is that we would love the Savior. Notice another way it's displayed is a love for the Scriptures. I mean, again, I come back to the Word of God. Why? Because the Bible means so much to me. It is through the Word of God that I have learned more about Him. It is through the Word of God I understand His love for this world that helps me understand the way I should love other people. Notice what the Bible says in John 5, search the Scriptures. For in them 
you think you have eternal life, and they, the Scriptures, are they which testify of me. You see, folks, we cannot love God without loving the Scriptures. Matter of fact, Jesus is the Word, the Bible says. There should be a love for the Savior displayed. A love for the Scriptures should be displayed. Let us see, there should be a love for the sanctuary. And when I, when I mention sanctuary, I'm talking about the place that we assemble ourselves together. The Bible says, not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hey, listen, it, it's time that God's people realize that this is a special place because when we assemble together, we meet with God. Can I tell you that God meets with us every time the doors are open? That means Sunday school and Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, uh, men's prayer breakfast, ladies' time together. Every time we come together, God meets with us. And the Bible says there needs to be a love for the sanctuary to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. But notice there also needs to be something else displayed, a love for the saints. Now, I'll tell you, a lot of times that people want to pick and choose who they want to be around. But listen, God is the one that's tempering the body. God's the one that brings people to, to the house of God to become a part of the family of God. And John writes also in chapter 4, if a man say, now notice, if, if someone says, I love God and he hateth his brother, look at the next couple words, he is a what? He's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Now look at the rest of it. And this commandment have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also. Years ago I saw this little statement, never forgot it. And as I was studying for this, God brought it to my mind and I was trying to get it down on paper before I forgot it again. You ever do that? In and out, in and out. I was trying to write it down. And God gave me this, I wrote it down. To dwell above with the saints we love, that will be glory. But to dwell below with the saints we know, well, that's a different story. Some of you will get that someday. But look at 1 John 3.11. The Bible says, this is the message that we have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. You know what that means? If you're here this morning and you're a child of God, that you should love everybody else that's in here. There's not anybody. That you should not love. Now listen, I'm not talking man's love. I'm talking God's love. That we should love people unconditionally the way God loves us. And that ought to be displayed. Listen, there ought to be a love for the Savior. And there ought to be a love in our lives for the Scriptures. And a love for the sanctuary. And a love for the saints. But how about this? There needs to be a love for sinners. A love for sinners. You know, sometimes we look at people, we see some of the effects of sin. We see what people have gone through, where they're living, maybe the choices that they've made. And you know what we do? We decide if we're going to love them or not. But you ever stop and think about the people that Jesus met and how he loved everyone that he met? How do you know that? Because he spent time with them. Because he shared the truth with them. Look at the Bible says in Jude chapter, well, the only chapter, the Bible says, of some have compassion, making a what? Difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Look, we need to love sinners the way Jesus did. And here's what he did. 
He spoke the truth in love. That's exactly what you and I need to do. If we love them, we'll tell them the truth, but we need to make sure that we're speaking the truth to them in love. See, God's love for us is a love that's supernatural. God's love for us is a sacrificing love. God's love for us is a satisfying love. Richard Halverson said, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. His love is unconditional, impartial, everlasting, infinite, and perfect. I was reminded of a illustration and I've heard it so many times but I it had been quite a while and I sat and I thought about the love of God and about all that God has done for us and as I was looking at this illustration someone wrote years ago that one night they had a dream that they were walking along the beach with the Lord and across the sky flashed scenes of their life in each scene they noticed two sets of footprints in the sand One was theirs and the other one was the Lord's. When the last scene of their life appeared before them, they looked back at the footprints in the sand and much to their surprise, they noticed that during some of the most troublesome times, there was only one set of footprints. The person told the Lord that they didn't understand why he had left their side when it seemed like he needed him most. And that's when the Lord said, my child... I never left you during your time of trial. You see, when you only saw one set of footprints, it was there that I carried you. That's how much God loves us. That He will bear us up on His shoulders. That He loves us. And this morning, I want you to see that love works as it's described in the Word of God. And through Jesus, we see the demonstration of how love works, but what God wants us to see is that love needs to be displayed through our lives. Let's not just be a Christian in word only, but in deed. Folks, I don't know many things, but I've come to understand that love works. Let's bow our heads this morning. Lord, thank you for your love for us. And as I mentioned earlier, it's hard to put into words your love for us. I just know this, that I've experienced it, and I'm thankful for you loving me. And I pray today that if there is someone here this morning that has never experienced the love of God, maybe somebody that's been coming for a while, maybe somebody that's here for the first time today, that they would realize that you love them so much that you sent your son to a world that was unfriendly to him, to a world that hated him. But he loved them all the way to the cross. He uttered the words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. A forgiving love. He gave his life, he spilled his precious blood, He redeemed us. He bought us back to Himself. And with all the sin in our hearts, He has chosen to heal us. I pray today that you'd help us. If there's someone here this morning that does not know Christ as their Savior, that today they would accept the gift of eternal life through Jesus. 
And those of us that are here this morning that do know the love of God, may we in our hearts be challenged to display your love through our lives. May we not just talk about it, but may we actually reach out to others the way you reached out to us. Bless this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you stand with